Welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. The Homemakers Club is a sisterhood of women who value the old-fashioned ways and traditions of making a house a home. As you listen in each week to conversation between myself and a fellow homemaker, it is my hope that you'll feel as though we are old friends and you're stopping by my home for a long-standing weekly tradition of sweet tea and sweet conversation. As good old friends do, we will celebrate the simplicities of ordinary days and come alongside one another to navigate the joys and hardships of homemaking. It is my prayer that when we say our goodbyes at the end of each episode, you leave with a heart that is enriched and filled with provision so that when you tie your apron strings each morning, you are joyfully ready to create a beautiful and fruitful life within your home. Grab a cup of tea and I'll meet you at the kitchen table. Hey everyone, welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. Today I have my friend Claire Murray. You can find her on Instagram at Claire Mariah Murray. I am so grateful for her to join me today. We're going to talk all about motherhood and what we are called to do as women and the impact we're supposed to have within our homes. And she just does an incredible job on Instagram sharing the heart of motherhood and to just really cultivate this beautiful role within our homes and how to do that, what that looks like. I think she's called to share the magic of motherhood. And so I am so pleased to introduce you. Claire, welcome. Wow, thank you so much. This is truly such an honor to be here. And Ashley, I can't thank you enough for this beautiful space that you have created. It has abundantly blessed me and given me so much vision for my call in motherhood and homemaking. And so it is an honor to be here. And I just pray that the words that God uses me to speak would be an invitation to everyone listening. Thank you for such sweet words. And I have no doubt that you will be a wonderful vessel for his words today because I see it every time you post on Instagram. I just know that you're doing the Lord's work. And so to further elevate your voice for home and motherhood here is a true honor. Before we get started, I'd love for you to invite us into your life a little and tell us where you're at within your journey of motherhood and homemaking. Yes. So as Ashley shared, my name is Claire and I am married to my husband, Nate, and we have been married for about eight years and we have a two and a half year old son named Liam and we live in Minneapolis, Minnesota in a little house in the city. And I have the honor and gift of being a stay-at-home mom and homemaker, the job that I get to do every day. So God has called me to this and it has truly been a dream that has been written on my heart since I was a little girl. And so I just feel so thankful that every day that I wake up, this is what God has for me. And so what an honor it is to be doing this work for his kingdom. I love that. So you mentioned that you've always wanted to do this since you were a little girl. I'd love for you to kind of share your heart for home and where that was cultivated and how you grew up with that. Yeah, of course. So I have the honor of having an incredible mother. If you know her, you love her. She's one of those people that is just warm and inviting and creates connection with everybody that she meets. And so growing up with her as my mom, I was so blessed to witness what it looked like to have intention in creating a home that was truly a legacy. She sought to pour into us every chance that she got. And some of the things that really stick out to me from my childhood would be her heart for gathering around the kitchen table. It was truly a daily rhythm that happened in our home. And we longed to linger there, especially as we got older, we delighted in being at the table together. And my sister and I just loved it. Like we loved dinner together. And the other thing that I feel like my mom has really led me to see the beautiful impact of home is how it affects everybody else. She has a huge heart for hosting and she has this beautiful way of celebrating every single person who walks into her home. She greets them with this love and kindness that makes them feel like worthy of being celebrated in everything that they're doing. And she's so good at asking questions. And so I feel like the way that she 
showed me that a home can bless not only your children and your spouse, but also everyone who walks into it left this legacy on my heart of what I dreamed to do of being a stay-at-home mom and homemaker. And actually before I became a stay-at-home mom, I taught kindergarten for five years and also photographed weddings. And so it's really cool to see how God has now used that part of my story from before being a mom and a homemaker to now weave them into the call to homemaking right now and to see that all that he is doing just through even words and photos and that huge piece of my heart now and how I seek to use those to pour into motherhood and share my heart for home. I love that so much. There's so much richness to what you were saying. And I love that you have that model. Your mom, it sounds like, made mothering and home her life's work. And I think that's what so many women in the Homemakers Club achieve to do. We want that so terribly. And so it's it's fun to hear. I almost feel like maybe we should bring your mom. <laughs> yes, you podcast. should. And it, may, I know. it makes me oh, think about the it. impact too, that even if that's not the story that we grow up with, like God writes this vision on our hearts and that he is the one who brings it to completion through us. And so I just pray that as an encouragement for women who don't have that as a part of their story, that what God has written on their hearts now, like he will still do it. He is faithful to do that. And he wants to. Yes, absolutely. And you could be first generational in your family's history to cultivate home and tend to it. And, And I think that that's so beautiful that we have the opportunity to either continue a legacy like you're doing with your mother or create a new chapter for your family's history. It's so, it's so, it's exciting and encouraging and there's hope there that we can all do that. We can all do it together. I'd like for you to go back just a little bit and talk about lingering at the kitchen table. We talk a lot about how important the table is in sitting around the family table for meals for so many reasons. We have opportunity for conversation. We have opportunity for prayer. We have opportunity for dreaming. There's so much that happens around the table. I'd like to hear a little bit about what atmosphere your mom brought into that because I have a lot of women talk to me about the family table and they say that it's not a blessing to be at the table. It may be stressful. Children may be behaving in a certain way. And so I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on how your mom honed in this beautiful experience for your family. Because when you were teenagers, you said you loved to be at the table. And that's a lot of our hopes. Like we hope that our two-year-olds grow into 15-year-olds, like where my son is, where he wants to linger at the table. How did your mom do that for you and your sister? You know, I really think that so much of it started with we, both my sister and I were very different. And my mom really sought to have super unique and intentional relationships with both of us. That I think that when we were gathering around the table, we felt really known coming into that space. And so being there just felt so organic, like it didn't feel forced at all. It felt like we were just gathering as best friends around the table. And my sweet dad gathered around all these women. He just loved on us. But my mom is really gifted in asking questions. And so I think that she truly led the intention of the table. So we as children just got to show up and be loved. Like she would ask intentional questions that made us feel like she wanted to know our hearts. And it's been so fun. So since that, having that experience growing up now in our home, we've been praying a lot about what that looks like, because as I shared, we have a two and a half year old. So we're in that little stage right now. But I just really believe God works in rhythms, especially in the hearts of little kids. Like when they know what to expect, they get excited about it and then can press into an experience more easily because of rhythm. And so from my upbringing, we've kind of created a set of questions that we ask every night at the table. And now my sweet two and a half year old will actually lead us in asking 
asking them. And every day we ask, what are you thankful for? What's one little thing that brought you joy? What's something you learned about today? And how can I pray for you? And sometimes they're long things and sometimes they're short, but my son feels such power in being the one to ask questions. And so I think just my mom's heart to cultivate deep conversation that made you feel seen and loved is truly like the driving force of why I feel like the table has impact beyond what I can even imagine. That is amazing. and so beautiful. I love that your little guy is taking lead. What did your husband think about the family table? I know that something that he has been really blessed by is that he knows how to come to the table as a father and lead our family into that connection. I think that those questions, because originally it was almost more of a way for him to be able to lead conversation because, you know, he'd come home from work and it was like, he'd jump into dad mode and he's incredible, but just tired as we all are. Right. But I think that he's so thankful that this table is a rhythm in our home. And I'm so grateful. I really love cooking. And I just believe that I'm able to make food that nourishes bodies, but ultimately that's nourishing our souls. And so I feel like my husband, he shows me a lot of gratitude for through his words for that heart that I have. And so I would say that he absolutely loves it. And he has that same dream and vision for this legacy of someday, like having grandchildren around our table and telling stories and making our family feel connected and known. And then the people that come into your home together around that table as well. I love how you touched on hosting and hospitality. The more I understand our roles within our homes and the impact homes have, not just only on those that we're entrusted to care for, but also our neighbors, our children's friends, like we have children coming over all the time. And so I'm starting to really understand how homemaking and hospitality go hand in hand so we can replicate what we want for our own homes and pour that same love and intention into everyone who gathers within. What are your thoughts on hospitality and homemaking? Absolutely. I think that for me, my heart is really drawn to beauty, but not in a way that is like a worldly thing. But I really believe that like God uses beauty to invite our hearts into the depth of who he is. And so for me, I think that hosting feels intertwined with that and the gift of connection, like that sort of idea that we care so deeply about the people walking through our door that we want to create like a beautiful experience. Not necessarily that everything is perfectly put away or picked up or that it's like the perfectly set table. But I think that when we invite people into our homes and go that extra mile to love on them in that way, I think that it really blesses them and shows them how deeply we care and that it matters that they're there. And I think that rhythm for me growing up of seeing people walk through our door and having a mother who was celebrating them, I think that's a huge part of hosting too, is that we have hearts that make the people who walk into our homes feel seen and known and celebrated by the way that we love them. And so we actually continue to do those same questions when people come to our table. And it's such a gift because I think that, you know, thinking deeply and reflecting and connecting in that way is sort of rare just in the fast paced life that we live. And so I've seen so much beautiful fruit from the continuation of our daily table into the way that we host here too. It's really powerful and almost maybe gives the people that come into your home a sense of belonging, like you're saying, but then something will linger behind because they know that you're going to be praying for them and that their hearts and their souls are being left in good hands because you took the time to care and pray for them. And I think that that's incredibly impactful as well. And then they get to go out and go to their homes or go back to work or wherever it may be and carry that experience of home that you've created for them when they came to your home. I think that that's incredibly beautiful. 
What would you say to someone who's terrified of hosting? Because a lot of people say they're more worried about how the home looks. So they're cleaning baseboards. I'm guilty. I used to do the exact same thing. I'm like, everything has to look perfect. I was more concerned about the appearance of the home rather than the atmosphere of the home. I had read a quote once that said, hospitality seeks to bless, not impress. And that changed everything for me. And so now when people come in, that is my whole focus. So I might take the week to prepare the home so it is clean, so the bathrooms are nice and clean, so they get a, you know, when they go in there, it's pleasant that it's clean, that the floors are clean, the basics are taken care of. And I take the whole week to prepare for that. But then the day and the day before and the day of, my whole intention is how can I bless those who are coming into my home not by the way my home looks. And that has been fun. It's been a life-changing experience for me. I'm calm, not yelling at my children or my husband. If he's going to be outside blowing leaves or whatever, I'm not frustrated. Like it's just, it's been such a huge blessing to realize that hospitality does seek to bless and not impress. It's taken a lot of weight off of my shoulders. What would you say to someone who is afraid to host Or how do you prepare for hosting in your own home? I would say that for me, just being totally honest, that God is definitely sanctifying this part of me. So as I shared at the beginning, we live in a little house in the city. And so we don't have an abundance of space for hosting here. And of course, my dream as being like a lover of home and loving to like make beautiful meals and nourish people's bodies is to have more space. So I will say God is totally sanctifying me of showing me. I feel like I'm, as I'm speaking this, I'm speaking over myself too, of what I'm learning. And so just know that, but I would say that the encouragement to hosting is just that the thing that really matters the most is the way that we make people feel. So I think that with preparing our homes comes with, you know, creating a space that feels comfortable and inviting for them. But ultimately, like they're not going to notice anything that's going on in our houses, except for the way that they felt while they were here. And so I think that that would kind of be my encouragement is that the thing that we're most focused on in hosting is that how we love them and connect with them and ask questions. And, and yes, for me, that looks like providing like a dinner table that's filled with abundantly good food that I love to make and a space that we can linger in. But I think it really comes down to just trusting that it matters far more about the feeling that they have and the atmosphere of our home than it is of what the appearance looks like. And really questioning, how do you feel when you visit other people's homes? Because that extends a little bit of grace. Do you go to people's homes and notice that they haven't dusted their fan or that there's dust on their baseboards? Likely not. You're probably unfazed if they have a laundry basket with some laundry sitting in the corner of a room. It doesn't affect you whatsoever. You probably won't even notice, but you will notice the way they made you feel and the experience you had. So I love that you had the opportunity to touch on that because that does really have to do with homemaking and and loving not only our family members but everyone that comes inside I would like to kind of talk about how that looks in motherhood as well because I know you have a huge heart for motherhood and you're talking about intentionality and the way we make people feel and you had a beautiful experience it sounds like with a mother who did everything she could to make you feel like you belonged and that you could rest in her and in her presence, probably be honest with her about the hardships that you were going through through your adolescence and celebrate the wins as well. And so how does that experience for you look today in the way you feel about motherhood and then sharing that with the world on Instagram, which you do so beautifully? I'm I think you're you're kind of the second generation. Maybe your grandmother was the same, but it sounds like kind of generational intention of wanting to teach women how valuable their role is within their motherhood. Thank you so much. Yes, I feel like as I shared at the beginning, like I am 
living the dream, being a mom. I'm so grateful. And honestly, a huge part of our story that I'm sure we'll touch on too, is that we've actually been praying and waiting for another baby for the last year and a half. And so I feel like in some sense, being a mom to my sweet Liam feels like this gift that I'm like so undeserving of, and I'm so grateful. And so I think that for me, motherhood really starts with just this secret to motherhood that I feel like I'm learning is the beauty of surrender. Every day, creating opportunities all throughout our day to have surrendered hearts to the Lord of just declaring that there is like nothing good that can come from us unless we are totally dependent on him. The Bible talks about if God is the vine and we are the branches, the fruit comes because we are rooted deeply into him. And so I feel like that's my huge heart for motherhood is is creating intention in my own life to root so deeply into the Lord and to set up invitations all throughout my day that are drawing me back to him because apart from him, I truly can do nothing that will bless Liam and draw sweet Liam to his heart. So I feel like that's a huge part of me for motherhood is just rooting my own faith so deeply in God that sort of like a sponge, like whatever we're soaking up when we're squeezed out in motherhood, because things are like overwhelming or stressful or children are just needing you. Like when we're squeezed out, when we're so filled up with Jesus, like that is what will pour back out of us to our kids. And so I think for me, it's just the surrender of rooting myself in the Lord and asking him to do the beautiful work of motherhood through me. How do you do that throughout your day? What does that look like throughout your routine? I'm sure every day is different, but what practices have you put into your rhythm to help you stay there? Or if you you need to go back there because motherhood will do that to us multiple times a day. How, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. I would say that for me, I, I'm thankful that I'm my body wakes me up nice and early in the morning. So I do have the gift of early mornings and and it's unique in our situation walking through secondary infertility that we don't have another little baby at home. So I will say I'm sort of in this season where there's a constant of what life looks like right now. But with that, so for me, every morning, I just deeply desire to be rooted in God's word. I pour my little cup of coffee and light my candle and spend time in like the dark of the morning reading God's word and praying for as long as I can. I could sit there forever. I just love that time so much. It's such a gift to my soul. And I truly have seen the evidence of how that time, like when we root deeply into the Lord, he will write all of it on our heart and pour it back out throughout the day. And some of the things that I've really added into place since becoming a mom that I've seen God use as like producing fruit in motherhood are adding like invitations throughout the day to be reminded of his goodness and his presence. So for me, it's like the little things, like when I make the bed, I pray over our marriage. And every morning before I go into Liam's room, I put my hand on the doorknob of his door and I pray over what the day is going to look like, sort of like a prayer of surrender. And every day when I'm washing the dishes, I pray over the work that God has called us to and just sort of little rhythms like that. And something that we've actually done in the last few months of our marriage, we both just felt God prompting us to really press into prayer. But after we put Liam down in the evening, we take like 15 minutes to just pray together in our marriage. And I feel like it's really this, it's been so beautiful and has produced such beautiful abundance in our family of taking that final intention of the day, even as our hearts are seeking, you know, that end of the day rest but just to sort of have this final moment of reflecting on what God has done and praying over each other for the things that are still heavy and weighing on us. So I feel like some of those things are in my own journey of motherhood, how God has, you know, wired me to be able to press into him throughout the day. That's beautiful. And I think that so many women can start seeing that we do certain things throughout the day. We get our children out of bed when they're young. We cook, we clean, we do the dishes. There's so many things that we do, even if we don't think we really have a routine or rhythm, we really do. And so maybe being aware of what our day looks like consistently and then like you do, taking grand intention during certain moments to reflect or pray about our day and our intention. I think that that's incredibly beautiful and also 
a great opportunity for women to apply that habit and so they can see the fruit of that labor and that intention I, I don't think anything wrong can happen from taking the opportunity to really reflect rest pray and and begin the next step in our our journeys in our homes with like a cleansed refreshed feeling so I thank you for sharing your habits and your routine and rhythm in that I would love to know what homemaking looked like for you before you became a mother Mm -hmm. so before we had Liam as I shared I was both teaching kindergarten and also wedding photographer and so I wasn't obviously home like I am now, but I would say that my heart has always been for creating just our home as a haven. Like that's truly been a prayer that I've prayed over our home since getting married to my sweet husband, Nate, of like, God, would you make our home a haven? And would you use me to just create opportunities of rest within it? And so like like I've shared, I loved cooking then and I love cooking now. And so I think that even then we made a practice of lingering around the table then and blessing my husband with meals that he loved too. And at the time we were sharing a lot more responsibilities in regards to like the actual things of homemaking because we were both working at the time or my husband was in grad school. And so I think that it looked more like really having conversations, navigating sort of what our roles looked like within the home. And my heart was definitely to bless him in in the way that it is now, but I just didn't have the sort of time like I have now. And so I've sort of seen that shift into being a full-time homemaker and now having just delight in taking on a lot more of the responsibilities with joy. But I would say that's kind of what it looked like before. And what made you decide to be home full-time? Was it when you were pregnant with Liam How did you make that transition from working outside of the home with children to being home full-time, focusing on your own child and Mm -hmm. your home? So I feel like because I shared that it truly was a dream that had been written on my heart since I was a little girl. And so I didn't really start walking with the Lord until I was like in my early 20s, but Throughout that time, I just continued to see God like continuing to press that dream of being the one that would be home raising our children and caretaking for our home. And so especially when we got pregnant with Liam, but even before that, as I was teaching, you know, I was raising up other sweet, sweet children in my classroom at school and I absolutely loved it. But I really just I think from that experience it led me to deeply desire to be the one who got to be home with my children and spending as much time with them as I could. And I I think I was so honored to be the one who was pouring into these children who were in my classroom that it sort of encouraged me of like, this is such a high honor that I get to do, that God has called me to be the one to pour into my family in this way. And so I think that a dream that just started on my heart as a little girl just got more and more big as I grew older. And and then when we had Liam, it just felt like such peace of knowing this is exactly what I was called to do and what I was made for. I love that. And I think you're also called to share that heart for motherhood on social media. You do such a beautiful job. I think of Titus too when I think of you. So I and then and then now even more that I heard a little bit about your mama. And I know that right now you're having your little day of rest and that your mother is pouring into you in a completely different way. And so I when I think of you and I think of what you're doing on Instagram and now hearing about your mom, I can't help but think of Titus too and how we're supposed to be generationally helping women tend to home, tend to motherhood, tend to marriage. And and so I'd, I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit about what you do on Instagram and why you're doing it. Because my whole hope is that women either waiting to become mothers or in the, the new season of motherhood, or like me, I draw so much from the words you say 
even though my children are much older than your sweet little boy, it's just you do such a lovely job. And I think you are not only called to mother at school and called to mother within your home, but you're showing other women how to do that. And and I think that that's a calling from above. And so I'd love to hear your heart for why you're doing that. Um, oh, thank you. That is, I mean, those words truly mean more than you know. And I feel like even as you share that with me, it sort of feels like this sweet nudge from Holy Spirit being like, yes, this is what you were called to do. So thank you for speaking that over me. I truly, so my heart with sharing on social media, as I shared, I photographed weddings before and also taught kindergarten. And so I love looking back at our stories and seeing the things that God called us to and how he weaves them into what we're doing right now. And so I think that with teaching kindergarten and early childhood education being my background, I sort of have just a lot of information in my brain about like this sort of being in the thick of raising kids. And I feel so grateful that God built that into me and and educated me in a lot of ways surrounding that. And then with starting out photographing weddings and now being able to use this gift of photography to just create beautiful images that I pray that like become the first thing that people see. And then the words follow sort of like you see this image and you're drawn to it. And then as you read the words, you, it causes your heart to sort of like bow before the Lord and just ask him to come. And so I think that my heart in social media and in sharing my heart for motherhood is just believing that we are so honored that God has called us to this role in the lives of our children and that he has such big plans for them and for us as their moms, but that he wants to use us and that as we root ourselves in him, he will be the one that pours out beauty and abundance and all of these invitations for our children to know him. And so I I just pray that as I share on social media and do share images that I am drawn to and just beautiful things that the words are just raw and real and honest and that ultimately they share my heart of surrender and the things that God is teaching me and And that I'm sort of sharing or teaching what God is teaching me from like the middle. Like I'm not teaching it from the end of like when God did all of this, like I'm sharing it right now. Like God showed me this today. Like, will you trust me? Will you surrender to me? Like, will you call upon me and believe that I will do beautiful things through you as a mother to bless the children in your home? And so truly that's my heart. I have dreams of writing devotionals and doing whatever God calls me to in terms of just blessing moms and creating opportunities for them to know him more and to be blessed by his presence in return. That's beautiful. What would you say to a mom who this is a whole new experience for them? I think our culture has really done a really wonderful job at diminishing our roles within our homes. And I don't say that kindly about how wonderful of a job that it has done. There's a lot of people who have never understood the impact of a mother being available, creating a home where they feel safe and beloved and all these wonderful things. And I think what's happening is we're seeing this big, beautiful movement of women really kind of looking back and saying, wait a second we kind of lost something really, really important. And so I think there's a lot of women kind of discovering this movement, finding their way to the Homemakers Club, and it's a whole new world. And so maybe they feel like they've missed out. Maybe this seed is starting to be sown within their hearts. And so I'd kind of like to hear your thoughts on maybe how motherhood was lost and mm-hmm. how it's being found and what you would say to the woman who does feel that way. Because I think there's a lot of us who, we, our children are grown or they may you may be pregnant now and you're just starting to say, oh my goodness, I was called to do something hugely impactful. How do you navigate that? What would you say to that woman? Mm-hmm. So I am just confident that God has 
called mothers to like this beautiful role that is like a world changing role. Like this is such holy work that he has given us to do. And I think that it might've been like accidentally forgotten. You know, I don't think it was ever like a purposeful thing that anybody like walked into motherhood and didn't make it like their thing that they wanted to do the most of blessing their kids. But I just believe that for whatever stage of motherhood that the moms listening are in right now, whether it's carrying these sweet babes in their bellies or tiny little ones like I have right now, or even in the stages later on, that if it's this big heart for motherhood that you feel like you're walking into of just seeing it being a calling, it's never too late. First of all, God is so faithful to use these seeds that he has planted through us in the lives of our children. But I would encourage moms is the work that they're doing matters more than they know. And they're not doing it alone. They are called and God will equip the called. So he will equip mothers to bless their children specifically in the way that their children need to be blessed. And I just pray that there would be a sense of freedom and joy and encouragement for mothers that what God has called them to, they were made to do. They don't have to try to be something they're not or be like this mom over here. The way that God has made them is perfect for their child and he will grow all these things in them that their children need. And so I think my biggest encouragement would just be to press into the heart of God to figure out what that why is for you. My why in motherhood is probably similar to most moms that we want to love our children, but in the how that we do it, God will show us what that looks like and lead us in that. And so I'm just praying that moms would feel this sense of peace and who God has created them to be and not look to the left or to the right but just fix their eyes on Jesus and the road that he set before them. I think we can also look backwards a little bit like you were saying, how that you have different experiences through your life, whether it was when you were a child growing up in the home that you did, your education background and teaching in the school, your photography, we can kind of look backwards. If we're trying to gain our footing forward in motherhood, we can also look back and realize, wow, I have acquired all of this experience, good or not so good. I've acquired this education or I've worked in these different places that I've loved and you can use those experiences and the tools that you've gathered along the way to use almost as like a superpower and claim your home with those experiences and I think that that's exciting and refreshing and almost a way to say like I was made for this even if you don't feel that you were because of whatever reason, maybe you weren't raised in a home that had a mom who was available. Maybe you were raised by your father or your grandmother or whatever the situation may be. You have this, you can look at it two different ways. You can look at all the reasons why you weren't equipped for motherhood, or you can look at it and say, oh my gosh, I have these wonderful things that I could use to bless those that are interested in my care. And there's grace available there. There's excitement. And you can begin today at any stage loving mm-hmm. on those in your home. I mm-hmm. love how you're right now, today, your mama has Liam. When you mentioned that to me in a message, I was like, that is the kind of mother that I want to be when my children have children. And so can we talk a little bit about what your mother does for you now? Because eventually that is going to be the season that you're in. And that's the season that I'm going to be in. And it sounds like she's such a beautiful role model that I'd kind of love what her motherhood looks like on you and your sister now that you are grown. And you know, what's so beautiful is it looks so similar to what it did growing up in the way that she still seeks to connect with us uniquely. She pours so much encouragement over our stories that God has called us to right now, which I feel like is such a huge part of, I believe so much in the power of words that we speak over our children that 
we have the power to impact them beyond what we will know. And so the words that my mom spoke over my story and what God was gifting me in then and now is such a gift. And now her role, she has so beautifully walked into it in so many ways of being a grandparent. And even before that, you know, once we become these like adult children, right? I think there's a tension in the hearts of that stage of motherhood that I truly can't empathize with because we're not there right now. But I can imagine that it would be so difficult to like truly release fully open-handed of your children to the Lord and say like, yes, Lord, whatever you have, and then come into this like friendship role with them is probably a really hard thing in motherhood, right? Like to release all of this that God was calling you to in the way that you cared for them in your home and to release them into the world. And so now my mom is just incredible at continuing to pour into our family. And she it's been so beautiful to watch the way that she pours into my son. And as I am raising him and parenting him, I'm doing all of these things and I continue to press into what God has for me in my own motherhood journey and I'll be doing them. And then it's so beautiful to watch and see my mom is doing something so similar with him. I'm believing that a lot of the way that I was raised is probably what I'm pouring out as a mom. But even if it wasn't, and I was mothering in a different way than maybe what she thought was best, that she would never say it. She would take exactly what we're doing now and honor our style of parenting in how she loves Liam and continues that connection with him and that rhythm and just looking at the way that we're doing life right now and bringing that to fruition in her relationship. And she has an incredible relationship with Liam. And I think so much of it is because of her intention with him. And so I feel like as I watch her as a grandmother, I truly am like, that is who I want to be like, to be able to have a relationship with your grandchildren that is so beautiful, and unique and intentional is such a vision of the legacy that motherhood can have into that season of life. I think that's beautiful and something I think we all just can't wait to do. I mean, I can't wait to be a grandma, but I can't wait either. I love my neighbor. She actually has six children and her children are, I think, 12 to like one. So there's a whole span. And one of the greatest blessings to being home full time and having my children the ages they are now is that I can go next door and mother her children in the, like the way that you're saying your mother does. So I kind of feel like a little bit like a grandmother right now where I am in a different season of motherhood, but I could go over there, hold the baby, watch the itty bitties while she runs to a dental appointment or whatever. And so it's a blessing to be able to do that for another woman and mm-hmm. give her that freedom to kind of breathe if she needs to go to the appointment, go to a meeting, whatever it may be. My heart for my home and my children fold into another woman's heart in her home. And it's been, I'm sure it's a blessing for her to be able to call me or text me and ask if I could come watch the babies. It's a bigger blessing for me to be able to do that and to be available to do that and watch mm-hmm. my youngest my daughter we can't have any more children and that's been a really painful thing for me to accept Mm -hmm. so it's been beautiful to watch my nine-year-old little girl tote around a baby on her hip and Mm -hmm. love on another woman's child it's been wildly impactful on my heart and and so I kind of liked I'm like gonna cry even thinking about it and it sounds like (laughs) that God has so faithfully used even a hard part of your story to then share with you of this gift that you have in mothering and then to say like asking you to use it to bless her like this gift that he's given you he's like I'm still using it even if it's not what you expected it to look like he's saying like I want to bless it here in this story. And it sounds like she has such deep trust in you because you love her as a mom and you honor her and you value her. And I can only imagine, I mean, I know from my own mother, but that role that you play in her life goes beyond what you will ever know. Thank you for saying that. It has been a painful journey for sure. So I have a dear friend who she doesn't love babies. Like it's just not her thing. And you know what's been amazing is she actually recently did the same thing for another young mom 
And she sent me a picture of her holding another woman's baby on her hip. And it was, I think, even more impactful for me. She said, look, I'm being an Ashley today. I'm holding other people's babies. <laughs> and she just recently came home full time, too. And, and, I, and so we have a lot of conversations. And I do want to talk about mothers coming together as well. But we have a lot of conversations about, okay, we're in this later season of motherhood. Our children are between mine and hers between the ages of 9 and 15. And we're not quite ready to let that go. Like we uh, we're kind of dreading the idea of like you were saying, like it is hard and, and we haven't got there yet where we have to release our children, but we are getting there and, and it could bring a lot of tears, a lot of needing to pray opportunities. And so we have a lot of conversations of what can we do within our time right now as mothers and how we can bless other mothers. And so I love that she went and offered her time to let this other young mom have a moment of breathing, whether it's an appointment or just some shopping she wanted to get done. We get to be those women to love other women well through their motherhood and homemaking journeys. What does that mean to you? Because I we talk a lot about how there's this golden thread within the homemaking community. Our stories may look completely different. Our motherhood journeys may or may not be the same. Our How we got there is different. I mean, there's so many varying factors that we all have, but we all have this heart for home. And so mm-hmm. we get to hold hands and do it alongside one another what does that look like to you and how does what do you think the impact of mothers holding hands what do you mm. what is that it's just so important like i get the chills even thinking about how grand and how magnificent that is yeah it's just i it's one of those questions that makes me sort of like teary because i have seen the faithfulness of friendship like as i shared of in our story of infertility that we walked in the last year and a half so before that even i remember like starting motherhood and homemaking and that beginning stage is kind of lonely you know like you have this little baby and you're sort of like what am i doing <laughs> this is new right like every new thing has a new normal that you start to grow into and so in that sort of growing into it, it felt like God prompting my heart to be like, you have such an abundance of friendship right now. And also like, I want to grow the abundance of friendship in motherhood for you. So I'm like, okay, I trust you. I will pray into that. And faithfully through the last like three years, I have seen the impact of friendship in motherhood, like truly influencing every area of my story, whether it be like lamenting together, celebrating together, just like texting, you know, those early stages when you're up like nursing in the middle of the night or whatever that looks like for your story. But I just remember one of my dear friends, we were so grateful. We had our babies like six days apart and we would text each other in the middle of the night, just like, are we okay? (laughs) You know, but I think that it was just Somebody said to me, like, remember that when you're walking through hard things and specifically it was surrounding like the idea of being up in the night, but that there are other mothers all over the world doing the same exact thing that you are doing right now. And just knowing that is like the gift of knowing that you're not alone. And I think just an encouragement of like God's heart is for connection and for the gift of and impact that friendship is in motherhood. And if if people are in a season right now where they're not seeing abundance in that area, I'm so confident that God desires that for them and will faithfully answer that prayer. And I think a huge part of it is the intention of reaching out. I think for me, in a lot of ways, I'm an initiator. And so I love connection. And so I'm always like texting my people, like, I love you. I'm praying about this thing. How are you doing? And I think that's just a part of how I was wired. But then when people do that back to me, which is such a huge part of, I think, why I love my friends so deeply and the mothers that I'm walking alongside of right now, it always like points me back to the heart of God and sort of makes me feel like so seen and notice tangibly through the hearts of other women walking the same exact thing I'm walking right now. Mm, that's 
Beautiful. I love how you're talking about how you have to kind of be the initiator. I remember in a season feeling very lonely as well when I was raising my children when they were real young. I was the only one in our circle who was home full time. So I didn't feel like I had anybody I could communicate with during the day because they were at work or they were in their master's program or whatever it may be. And so it could feel very lonely and very isolating. But what I did find is that if I initiated and I cheered them on and I loved on them well, they gave it right back. Mm -hmm. And that is so beautiful because I felt so lonely and really all 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 that needed to happen was for me to initiate that love and that encouragement. And that's for all we know that we could be the answer to their prayer that we never knew they were praying and so I love and what it you're talking about. Me think about too when you just recently posted something about like the maybe it was like the first post that said like you can sit with us. Yeah. You remember posting <laughs> that recently and yeah. resharing it. And it made me think about the idea of like our heart as mothers and God's heart for motherhood is like just that. Like no one's circle is too full that they wouldn't want you a part of it. Like no matter how abundant of friendships like I have right now, like my circle is never too full to see God bring about like a new friendship and a new season for a new purpose, you know? And I think that that's such an encouragement as we press into like asking God to pour out an abundance of friendships in motherhood is like, there is like you do have a seat at that table and they they desire you to be here and it might just take you being brave and courageous and asking God to help you like initiate first. Like that's such a huge part of building friendships and motherhood and God will supply that courage to us if it's uncomfortable. But I just love when you post that because I'm like, that is the heart of what we want to be as mamas is like that there is a seat for you right here next to me. What does that friendship look like to you? Because there are a lot of friendships that we can fall into or we hold on to just because we've been friends since we were in high school or whatever. And so I see a lot of women saying, well, I don't have friends like that where I can extend grace or pray for them or they could do the same for me. It's more about oh my gosh, today is a hard day, like a, a complaining opportunity. There's no real guidance as to, okay, we can linger here for a moment, but we're going to get out of this, whether it's through prayer or productive thinking or whatever it may be. How do you navigate those friendships in motherhood so that they are those fruitful, productive, beautiful friendships that we all want to have? But mm-hmm. I think sometimes... We either hold on because we feel like we're supposed to because time is bigger than quality maybe. How do you get there? Mm -hmm. I would say one of the things that God has really woven onto my heart in in the season of really entering into motherhood is just the idea of, and it has been like a surrender of asking God to hold my hands with open, open hands and an open heart that he would bring about like the women that he has for me in this season right now. And I do feel like my life looks like a lot of different seasons, but it feels most abundant right now with maybe newer friends sort of in the last few years that are walking in the same thing that I'm walking in. And I think that God has really just asked me to sort of like hold friendships with an open hand that he abundantly wants to supply them. And also that there's just like new seasons of new friendship that will come about. And he's asking us to trust that, like, we trust him enough to bring about that too, you know, and grow that in us. And, and I feel like with friendship, as we talk about, like, creating friendships that are life-giving, I think that there's this space of, like, vulnerability that also we pray and we, like, ask our friends to speak truth into it too. And we sort of like, if that's maybe not the way that a friendship looks, I think that maybe it starts with like us sort of being like the leader in that area, you know, of like being vulnerable and then also pouring in Jesus into it. And if we desire friendships to look like that, 
like if God is writing that on our hearts, that we sort of get to jumpstart that and create this like new road that we walk down, which is, which can be harder if a friendship has been, you know, for a long part of life. And for me, like if I wasn't walking with the Lord and some of them, and now I am right, you know, that it looks different. But I think that God, God cares so deeply that friendships are so life-giving, but also like how he asks us to go to heart and like his heart and vulnerability to pour out the things that are hard and to lament with him. But then through that lament or through that processing of hard things, like the end goal is that we're always being pointed to Jesus. And I think that it's sort of just like a rhythm that we practice that turns into the thing that the friendship becomes. And there's permission to let things go. We talk Mm -hmm. about homemaking and us being the gatekeepers of our homes. And so a lot of times that's with the music we listen to, the shows we watch, the conversations had. There's a lot that goes into being the gatekeeper of our home. But I think that also goes hand in hand with the relationships that we continue forward and do those match the big picture of what we believe the Lord has for us in our homes. And I think that it's okay to be the gatekeeper of those relationships as well. And I think that it would be really beautiful and encouraging maybe for women to know that it's okay to claim your home and gatekeep your home from all the things that come in, including relationships and friendships as well. As we close this up, I would love for you, if you'd like, for a moment to kind of think about what encouragement you could give to women as they are really reflecting on the history that we have in our back pockets and how we can create a legacy and impact the generations to come. So do you have anything that you could pray over or encourage women as they kind of reflect on home and what this looks like moving forward after just even hearing this conversation? Yeah, some of the things that God has been writing on my heart that he's asking me to press into are the things I'd love to share because I'm just as much learning all of it and taking hold of what God is doing right now in my story. And so I'm just, the encouragement I want to share is that in whatever season of your story of homemaking and motherhood that you're walking in right now, that there is so much abundance that God has written into the story, just as it is right now, even if it's maybe not what you expected, or you're walking through a hard thing with your kids or your husband, or it just isn't what you thought it would be, that there truly is abundance and it's found in the heart of Jesus. And as we long and dream for these homes that God is writing on our hearts, that we He is asking us to pray big prayers about them. But then with that, we release all of that to him and we press into exactly what he set before us today. And just remembering that motherhood is not just being a mom and homemaking is not just taking care of our homes. Like motherhood is truly this beautiful, holy work that God has called us to and anointed us for and will continue to supply through us to bless our homes and our children and our homes get to be like this beautiful gift of being sacred ground like when we wake up in the morning I just pray that our hearts would like long for Jesus to like come and let his will be done in his kingdom to come into our homes because he will do it and it's this beautiful posture of surrender like asking him to come and to do and produce beautiful fruit through us that only he can do. Beautiful. I think that is, I have, again, I keep getting the chills. I'm hearing that, but that surrender and just knowing that other women are doing the same thing as you're doing, you can come alongside them and then give it to the Lord and know that we are doing hard and holy things, but we're doing them with him. It's beautiful. So Thank you so much, Claire, for joining me today. Thank you so much. This is truly such an honor and what you've created here is so beautiful and it's a joy to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank y'all for being here and for the work you are doing within your homes and sharing home with the world. I believe with my whole heart that every day, the more we share home and the art of homemaking, we are upholding the way in which home was intended to be productive, fruitful, and beautiful. 
Though your days may seem ordinary, little by little, you are building something quite extraordinary. Keep up the good work, my friends. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join our sisterhood on Instagram at We Are The Homemakers for daily encouragement and fellowship. And of course, subscribe here as well. We Are The Homemakers Gathered for Good. See y'all next week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent, or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living.